Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. <laughs> what a couple weeks in Jacksonville, huh? Good, I can't help but think of from a human standpoint. Like, what's Trent Bulky thinking? Where, like at one time, I, I I never released this article. Okay. Okay. I think I don't know if I shared it with you. I shared it with some people, but I, I, I wrote it. an article after the Tennessee game. Okay. And I never put it out there. Okay. Um, for a variety of reasons, but I, I just wrote. I, I was like, something was on my mind, and I was like, I, I'm gonna write it. And some, and I, like, I probably like a diary. It was a little bit like that, but it was in article form. And okay. you know what it was? It was a little, it was happening right around the time. I would have pushed it out there right around the time we were visiting with Shad. Sure. And I knew we were going to have some stuff coming out of the Shad visit. And, and I didn't want to kind of get it lost. And so I was like, I'm going to hold it another week. We'll see what happens. And, and then it just didn't feel right timing-wise. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm going to do is tell you a little bit about what I said. And you're going to, you're, you're an idiot. And that's okay, too. But um, it was after the Tennessee game. And the, the start of this article said, I know this sounds crazy, but I feel bad for Urban Meyer. Okay. And, and my whole thought behind it was, I saw him leave the hotel in Tennessee mm -hmm. with all the stuff going on, right? There were reports that, that weekend coming out about the Marvin Jones and everything else. And I saw him come out of the hotel and they go into the bus and they go by, like, a table, and there's one person that, like, took a picture with him. But he's not walking out with anybody, not really smiling, not really, you know. I mean, it, it, it just looked like a lonely, lost walk. Sure. And then I went to the stadium, did a pregame show, and I see Urban Meyer just kind of roaming the sideline by himself in the pregame. Not really talking to many people, not many people coming up to him. I'm not saying every nobody did, but not a lot of, like... Hey, what's up? You know, let's go get a win. You know, that kind of stuff that you see pregame. And my thought in the whole thing was like, I feel bad for Urban Meyer because he's as lonely and lost in a football sense than he's probably ever been in his life. Like, he had no idea what the answers were. Hmm. He, he didn't, obviously, when we asked him questions, he had no idea. And he had no idea the, how to find solutions through adversity. Like, that's what turned out to be the demise of really urban but also the situation here in Jacksonville this year is he was awful with adversity yeah. and didn't know how to do it and so the reason I bring that up is because I'm I don't know if I'm there yet because I haven't seen Trent Bulky like physically to kind of like pro uh, process some of those thoughts yeah and that's what triggered it with urban is like I saw him I saw him kind of in this like lonely place it felt like but I got to believe Trent Baalke's kind of the same way right now. I mean, what, what do you do when you're going home? Like, when you go to the grocery store, when you go to the coffee shop, in this town right now, like, I'm not sure Trent Baalke has done enough in Jacksonville to kind of earn the disdain that he's got okay. over these these last couple of weeks as yeah. from a personal level, like on a personal level. Sure. Um, but it's got to be a wild thing to kind of live in his world right now. In the building, outside the building, everybody knows what's going on. Everybody, there's no endorsement of Trent Baalke by anyone. No, not at all. I don't feel bad for Trent Baalke. I feel bad for the fact that he is tied to Urban Meyer. 
I feel bad that Travis Etienne tore his basically everything yeah. um, before we got to see him play. I feel bad that maybe Andre Sisco, you know, was a little behind the curve in terms of learning the defensive playbook, whatever the case may be. I feel bad that maybe some of these draft picks didn't think who turned out to be who we thought they were. I feel bad that he's tied to C.J. Henderson and the old regime of the past. I feel bad for all of those things, but I do not feel bad for Trent Baalke because this is what you signed up for, man. Yeah. Okay? Like, this is, this is part of the gig. You're, you're the general manager of a team. It is your responsibility to put a roster out there that is going to compete. Brent, I ask you the question. Has he been able to compete with the roster that he has right now? No. Then there you go. Yeah. I don't and, feel and, bad. And by the way, I, I don't want you to over the top, like, I, I want to send Trent Baalke flowers. And it wasn't the Out same. Out of arrangement, man. Come on. It wasn't the, that's right, it wasn't the same Better than that, with bro. Urban Meyer either. L- listen, these guys are in a tough business sometimes when things don't go well, like you sign up for that. So it's like the quarterback, right? It's sure. like It's like players. Like, when you didn't play well, you got hammered, right? Of course. So I, I, I don't mean it in the full sense of, like, I think we should all throw a parade and send condolences and sympathetic messages to Trent Baalke. Okay. I'm just saying, to be honest with you, <laughs> Trent Bulky's been put in this position over the last two weeks, potentially because of Shad Khan, the movie made, or potentially because Ian Rappaport had a report out there. And by the way, it might have been Trent Bulky himself. Who <laughs> yeah, knows? Where did the report come from? So I, it's just an interesting. Um, I was looking from a human side. Sometimes we look sure. at the football world in a, in a as a game, and and you know. All these different things. But when you get the human element of this, I, I just once in a while I'll drop back and think like, okay, if uh, if Trent Bulky goes to like Starbucks right now, like is anybody saying hi to him? Or, or are they like, man, we hope you get fired? Or like, what, <laughs> what's it like being Trent Bulky right now? Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea either. Uh, all I know is, is that, and you know, even with Urban Meyer, like, yeah, he, he was kind of by himself. Like, you know, obviously he, he kind of lost that mojo a little bit, it seemed like. You saw that in the press conferences. But, like, you brought that on yourself, man. Yeah. All right? Like, yeah. We, we, we can sit here and sympathize with you, but at the end of the day, you, you brought it on yourself. With Trent Baalke, how much he had in terms of responsibilities with the draft, how much say he did, it doesn't really matter. You're the general manager. This roster is tied to you. So once again, I mean, yeah, our Jaguars fans living it up right now on Twitter and letting the world know about it, you better believe it. But I would rather see that than to hear nothing at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen I'm not pointing blame at anybody either. Yeah. It's just part of the business. I, I just think sometimes there's a – I think of it on, on a human level of it. Um, is Trent Baalke this bad? Hmm. You know, is he really as bad as we're making him out to be? He's not uh, the best. He's obviously not the best because I've said this countless times. And see, that's where I like to turn it over the other side. Okay. I would like to put it on the Trent Bulky stuff. Not like, hey, this is everything that's wrong with Trent Bulky, or he's a bad guy or he did this or did that. It's more what has he done to earn the GM job continues to play in my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we are having conversations on a daily basis. I'm sure you are, too. Everywhere you go, right, people are like, what are we doing? What's going on? I mean, I go get my hair cut today. I'm going to go get uh, something to eat. Uh, you know, we're talking to other media members. And everything's like, what, how are we really here? Like, are we really to the point where they might keep bulky and bring in Bill O'Brien for an interview? Like, people are out of their minds right now. Oh, that yeah. That could be the case. And we're all trying to figure it out and process it and, and say, okay, give me the other side of this. What are we missing? And we're really coming up empty. No, that's, 
And I echo back to when we first learned that Bulky might be, re- well, you know, last week when we learned that Bulky's probably going to be retained. Does it help you win a Super Bowl, yes or no? Okay, now, depending what you read, depending who's talking, some coaches seem turned off to the idea with working with Trent Bulky. And when there's smoke, there's fire. So yeah. I believe some of those reports. So if that's the case, then you can't get every single candidate that you want to interview because some of them are turned off to the idea of the guy sitting in that meeting room being Trent Balky is a guy that he doesn't want to work for. So now you're at a disadvantage. Bring in Bill O'Brien, okay? And I think they're good. I mean, that's true, right? He's going to have an interview. Everyone's saying that. That is reported, yeah. I, I don't care how he's doing at Alabama. And you can go ahead and say, okay, it's going to be under the head coaching capacity, not the GM capacity as well. And and all that stuff in Houston wasn't his fault. Two things. You had your best players on the Houston Texans a couple years ago essentially get in a fight with you. One got traded away in DeAndre Hopkins. One in J.J. Watt, who's Captain America, who seems to be just the golden child of the NFL, got into with you at a practice. And we're having the practice. A couple days later, Bill O'Brien was let go. So... No, we don't need Bill O'Brien here. I, I don't care how much of it was his fault in Houston, how much of it wasn't. You're responsible for it, okay? DeAndre Hopkins getting traded away happened on your watch. J.J. Watt getting all ticked off happened on your watch. You guys starting 0-4 with Deshaun Watson at quarterback and having a pretty solid team was on your watch. We're all set here, man. I don't need to see a Bill O'Brien interview, and I don't need Bill O'Brien, the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and, and nobody does, right? Again, I, I think this goes back to what happened yesterday and and when we were talking about it, when this came about. And um, I don't know if it was Gene Fournette who was put it out there first, or, or I, now there's been multiple reports of it. And so I believe it's happening um, that he's going to interview. I just don't believe, and again, I might be in pure denial, folks, and I understand when you interview, you got a chance at a job. I just don't believe we can be this illogical. You can you can criticize Shad for being a bad owner. There, All this stuff, uh, the record, uh, you can question a lot of things. I just refuse to believe this organization can be this illogical about what just transpired here the last year. Forget about wins and losses, but what transpired in the building. And then give me a situation where you potentially could put Bulky and Bill O'Brien together after what where they've been and their resumes and the last, the last uh, steps they took outside of Alabama, say, on Bill O'Brien. Mm. It just, th- there's no logic involved with it for me. And I was just talking to somebody else in the media. <laughs> I was like... I don't believe it. Like, I just can't get my arms around believing the fact that that might happen. And it's maybe shame on me, um, but I'm going to just, I think people get interviews sometimes for favors or for whatever else. I just don't believe that Bill O'Brien's a serious candidate, <laughs> even though he's on the interview list. Um, and again, might be my, my own doing. I refuse to believe it. And I said it uh, two weeks ago, and then an hour later, it came out. I said I'd be stunned if Trent Bulky's back in 2022, and then the report from Rappaport came out like an hour later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be stunned if Trent Bulky still is the guy in 2022, and I have not wavered from that. I still don't believe he's going to be the guy. And I will be even more stunned if Bill O'Brien is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But then, what? what, what okay, make try to talk me into what the reason is for interviewing him in the first place, then. Yeah, I... I Okay, I have a couple of theories. Sure. Um, these are just theories, by the way. Okay. Okay, I want to preface. Like, I don't have inside information at why he's. So, 
in my opinion, I do think sometimes you get, uh, you want to, uh, I think you interview sometimes to collect information. Okay. I think that does take place. Okay. Um, I believe they've interviewed people in the past that they later looked at as offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, whatever. I'm not convinced that a Jim Caldwell or Doug Peterson said, hey, I think Bill O'Brien on our staff as an OC or something might be a, look what he's done with some quarterbacks. And, like, I, I think that could be in play. I don't know the relationships between such, but that could be a possibility. So could you then bring him in to interview for the head coaching job, get a feel for Bill O'Brien, what went wrong in Houston, all those things if you're shot? So I could see that window. Uh, I also believe, and I joked about this today on, on social media, I said, are we sure Marone hasn't started his own head search, head coaching um, searching for, search for him? Okay. <laughs> because Hackett's interviewing who he yeah. was close to, sure. and Bill O'Brien's his best friend. Okay. And so yeah. I'm like, I, I believe there's a possibility that Shad still has a lot of respect for Doug Marone in his four-year tenure here, hmm. his AFC championship season. Uh, the way he handled last year, I think he left on pretty good terms with the owner. I don't think there was a lot of um, infighting or anything like that. Mm. And so I wonder if Doug Marone has put a good word in for his friend Bill O'Brien, mm. for potentially even a guy like Hackett, although you could make the case that Hackett would be a candidate regardless, mm -hmm. uh, and Shad's and listening to that because he respects Doug's opinion even though he fired him last year. I could see that happening. Like, I, I really could. I, I don't think that's that far-fetched. And by the way, I kind of joked, would it be that out of the realm if Doug, who I think his family still lives here and still has a house here, is saying, hey, I'd like to advocate for uh, Bill O'Brien, and Bill O'Brien, my buddy, might make me the OC, and I'm coming back to Jacksonville in an OC compare. Uh, okay. uh, um, has that ever capacity. happened? Like, somebody gets fired as the head coach, and then, like, two years later, they're the offensive line coach of the same organization? Like, that's got to be weird, right? It's a, probably a little weird, but I'm sure it's happened. And some these guys kind of, re, they're retreads, right? I mean, that's the way it works in the NFL. So if you're asking me why would that, those are my, I've thought about this a lot today. Sure. What could be the reasoning? I thought I think those are a couple of actual feasible reasons why. Evan that, Neal confirmed. That Bill O'Brien could be uh, on, the, on the long, long, long interview so. list. So, okay, and the whole Doug Marone thing, but what I don't understand then is if Shad Khan and Doug Marone are so close. I, I'm not, okay, I don't well, want to paint it like okay, that. Okay, if Shad Khan still talks to Doug Marone and values his input, where was that kind of energy when I'm sure Doug Marone was getting thrown into the bus by Tony Khan and Caldwell, and I'm sure Doug Marone was asking for some help from Shad Khan? Uh, going back a couple of years ago when Coughlin was still in the building. Correct. Yeah. And maybe they, maybe they, maybe they, maybe they reconciled. Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, by the way, Doug Maroon won in that situation. Coughlin was the one that got fired. Well, eventually he won. I know. But it, it took a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, I, maybe they learned some things from that. I, All right. Here's, here's the other, again, I don't know this. I, you're, you just asked me some theories. Yeah, and yeah. this is what I've come up with. And I just don't think they're that far fetched, especially with an owner who, is going to try to lean on people around the league for some advice and direction. Mm -hmm. And, but, I mean, would it be the worst thing to ask lead, Doug, really, right now? Like, what does this organization need? You were here yeah, when we did well, you were here when it was bad. You're leaning on advice from guys that aren't tied to the situation anymore. You're leaning on advice from a guy who is in Alabama who knows another guy that's from Alabama who's his best friend. Listen, I think it's like, ludicrous, too, I'm just saying. Yeah. 
I, I, I mean, just don't think it's that far out of the, the realm of possibility. At the end of the day, it doesn't help you win a Super Bowl. So I think it's a stupid idea and shouldn't be a, like, I, I don't think you should go down this road. Like, I don't think Bill Bryan, Bill Bryan should even get an offer. Like, I think, and I, I know you interviewed Bianca before. Fine. Yeah. What, how is it that Bianca doesn't get another interview request, but Bill Bryan gets one before him? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But I'll even give you one more. How's Josh McDaniels not interviewing in some capacity? Sure. Now, did McDaniels say, I don't want to do it? Uh, I saw an article, Jenny Brentis, I think, put it out today on SI.com. I didn't read the whole thing. I just saw the, uh, I just to I told somebody else this morning, I saw the article. I hadn't had a chance to read it yet, but I saw the headline. It was about how Mac Jones, fifth quarterback taken, and they, look what he's done this year and how they did it and what they put around him. And, and I want to go back and read the article. I just haven't done it. But initially, my thought right there was like, I couldn't, get, I was baffled for a second. I was like, wait a minute. You just played the Patriots. They just put a 50 burger on you and beat you 50 to 10. And the guy that took the fifth quarterback taken in the draft made him play the best. Meanwhile, the first quarterback and most talented in the draft, we, we put the worst situation maybe in the history of rookie quarterbacks mm -hmm. around him. And you don't want to interview that guy? Like, mm -hmm. why is that guy not interviewing? Mm -hmm. Why is Josh McDaniels not interviewing? Just to at least feel the situation out. Like, how did you do it? Yeah. Right? And so... It really hit me this morning, like, wait a minute, why isn't Josh McDaniels interviewed? Now, there are reports that McDaniels, because of the bulky thing or whatever reasons, didn't want to, and that's possible. He could be waiting on some A-plus opportunity and doesn't like what's going on in Jacksonville right now. Uh, I think there's also a possibility, and I've floated this before, that McDaniels interviewed in 17, and maybe the Jags just didn't come away keen on, on McDaniels, you know, at that point. Yeah, but I mean, once again, like if you're going to be keen on Bill O'Brien, you got to be keen on. Like, well, listen, I can't think have it both have, ways. I know? think if if we ask Shad, uh, is do you guys try to interview McDaniel's, and he says, yeah, he wasn't interested, then that's fine. Then you know, right? Yeah. If if we ask Shad and says, why didn't McDaniel's interview? We weren't interested in him. I got some red flags on that. Like that's my point. Like you should be interested in Josh McDaniel's to some degree. Not saying you should hand him the job. Yeah. But based off of this year alone and what he did with that rookie quarterback and what we did with this rookie quarterback, you should be intrigued yeah. enough to interview is my point. Uh, so it's it's fascinating right now what's going on. Let me ask you this, uh, and this is please don't – I don't want anybody to misinterpret this. We're just having a conversation trying to find why all this is happening. Mm. Uh, I didn't think we'd be on this as much today but because I was laughing at it. Five o'clock last night at sure. the Bill O'Brien stuff. If you take away, and I know this is hard to do right now, but if you take away what transpired from a personnel standpoint, the trading of Hopkins, the um, the disarray inside the Houston organization. Say we didn't know all that. Say this was like two years ago. Okay. Would you? Does the resume and what he's done as a football coach make you interested? In Bill O'Brien. So what he did at Penn State, you know, and then he came from the Patriots organization. And they've won, I think, two or three division titles in Houston. Oh, no, yeah, they, right? they won a lot. Yeah. Uh, so does that, like, is he worthy of an interview from a football-only standpoint, I guess is what I'm asking you. I mean, a football-only standpoint, like a coordinator, sure. But if you're being brought in for a head coach, then it's more than football. It's setting culture. Yeah. It's, it's getting the best I mean, out of your players. It's the relationship with the players. And I don't think J.J. Watt's a hard guy to coach. 
don't think DeAndre Hopkins is necessarily like the hardest guy to coach. But, like, you know, players have said many times that Bill O'Brien lost that locker room, and that's why he was fired. So, yeah, if you want to go, want to go with X's and O's, then, yeah, sure, maybe he might be fine. But if you're trying to hire this guy in a head coaching capacity where you got to be a leader out there and you got to try to get this locker room to play the best that they can play, then no, I'm not on board because you absolutely lost that locker room in Houston, and they were far more talented than what we have right now in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's very hard to ask that question because we're all consumed by what happened in Houston. Sure. Uh, but, again, I'm just trying to find some logic in here because well, I agree with everybody. I, I'm, it's, it's blasphemous that Bill O'Brien would even be considered for this job. Like, if you have to get to Bill O'Brien, you're interviewing too many people in my estimation. Mm-hmm. All right? I, I just think it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Basically, what you're asking and bringing in is the reason why Houston still isn't in the headlines is because of what Jacksonville and Urban Meyer and everybody transpired here in Jacksonville this year. Like, sure. we put Houston out of the headlines, yeah. and you're bringing that guy that made him or helped them get in the headlines in for an interview? Yeah. And, and we're trying to clean this toxic situation in Jacksonville up? Yeah. Like, none it's of it makes optics, sense. Man. No. Like, I understand it. I, but I'm with you all on it. I was just trying to get to a point of, of why. Like, I, I try to think of why. I had a couple of theories I presented earlier, and it still probably wouldn't do the trick for me. <laughs> no, not at all. No. I, I really think right now, and I said this yesterday, I think Shad Khan is muddying up a very simple situation at the moment. And it's very simple in my estimation. If Jim Caldwell and Doug Peterson are interested in your job, it's a very simple equation. Yeah. Unless we're just not seeing something inside an interview room, like what they want to do with the franchise, what they, the staff they bring in, all this stuff. But this is one time where you didn't need to bring eight to nine to ten people in. If those two guys are interested, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy. No, we're I'm making it harder. I'm all for interviewing as many coaches as you want to. I'm not. Okay. Not in this situation, I'm not. Okay. Do we, no, you're okay. It's okay. That oh, you no, oh, no, yeah. I mean, uh, I just think pick as many brains as possible, but pick the right ones. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 on a Friday. <laughs> Another crazy one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's been doing a great job of uh, being around in the building. You know, we really wanted to keep him around and make sure that he continued to grow with the football stuff. Um, as far as the, um, the progression, you know, I know that he was, he was on a non-weight bearing for a long time. He's, he's now off, off of um, everything now and, and walking around. Um, as far as um, anything more than that, I don't think he's back running yet. Um, I don't think we're at that point. That's Daryl Bevel. Uh, the Jacks have some significant injuries that you want these guys a part of it next year, but you really have to wonder, like, we have so much going on in Jacksonville right now. We're really, you know, it starts with the structure and finding the culture and, and finding somebody who's going to fix this thing and yeah. make the right hire. Uh, but when you do dial it down to the football side, we know they need more players. But I think there's some major concern that three of your players that you really might need and could rely on and could be big parts of turning it around offensively are coming off significant injuries. DJ Chark, of course. Now, his at least will have rested for a while. He's probably the easiest to get back. Mm -hmm. But ETN, I I still have a little bit of reservations about, you know, uh, a Liz Frank issue for a running back. Now, the doctors continue to say no long-term problems, but... 
to me, I still I want to see it sure. before I believe it for a guy who's never played a snap in the NFL and really could help change your offense. That's what they dr- you drafted him to be. Uh, and now James Robinson, I mean, we really wonder if he'll even play next year or any significance. And can you count on him now that late in the year he, he tore his Achilles? So, I, yeah, but I think Achilles injuries, man, like Cam Akers did it in preseason. He's coming. Like, I think Achilles injuries, you can kind of make a quick recovery it's nowadays. It's a severity. It's a severity yeah, yeah, thing, right? Yeah. Because we, we've talked about it before with, like, Kevin Durant. Uh, when he did it, yeah. he waited like a year and a half. Now, he waited yeah. intentionally. He could have come back for the postseason in the bubble. You remember? Mm-hmm. That would have been 2020. And then he waited until they started the next year. So he waited a few extra months, decided not to rush back. But, but I guess my point being, even if these guys are healthy, we have enough experience No, when you are injured, especially at a skill position like that, how long does it take you to get back to yourself? Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair curiosity for all three players that could be a part of it. We're not even sure, really. DJ Chark will definitely be a part of it. Mm-hmm. We really believe James Robinson and ETN will be. But, again, this will be off-season conversations. Like, I like projecting their offense with James and ETN and Chark as a part of it because that fills some holes. But I'm not sure we're being wise if we say, okay, we can count on this, this, and this from them. For is sure. it weird he's just now walking? Like, that's what Bevel was saying. ETN is just now walking by himself. Is that... <laughs> normal for that injury or is that not honestly i don't know i i think he could have probably my guess i'm just going to guess here i think he could have probably advanced things a little quicker but when you knew you had this much time when it happened why do that so maybe they said hey if if there's a let's just say it's a 12 to 16 week window or something i'm, I'm it's not even wouldn't even add up to his injury but you could get back and try it at 12 weeks because of the timing of your injury and you're done for the year and you have an all off season, I wouldn't do anything until week 16. You know what I mean? The far end of that mm-hmm. to make sure you're fully back and you don't stress it out anymore and you don't um, tweak it or, or whatever. And so I don't know if, to answer your point, Casey, I don't know if that's the nature of the injury that he's not walking until like right about now or if they just were very cautious with him because you do still have in his situation some eight months before you really got to get cooking on that thing, you know? No, for sure. Obviously, there's area on the side of caution, um, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, you know, that serious of an injury to a running back, it's something you do- – I mean, we heard talk about Maurice Jones-Drew before, um, really cost him some years in his career. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it taking your time, but, I mean, hearing that he's just walking now, that's – yeah, it's error of ca- – I mean, that's red flags all day, I think. I mean, it's been a while, dude. All right, so Bill O'Brien talk uh, is dominating a lot of the conversation in Jags circles. Jags obviously play Sunday, 1 o'clock uh, on CBS 47. Well, BSPN 690 game day live from the Duval House, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. that day. Uh, but there was other news, and that is uh, Kellen Moore and uh, mm-hmm. Byron Leftwich interviewing today. Mm-hmm. Did you find it kind of interesting that these guys are interviewing on a Friday of game week? I mean, I assume it's Zoom, right? Uh, it's Zoom. For I think so, I saw somebody say it's Zoom for Leftwich for sure. Yeah. Was it Kellen Moore today or Kellen Moore next week? I think Kellen Moore's next week. There's somebody else today. Who am I missing? I think somebody else I saw was interviewing today. They're doing Bill two O'Brien interviews today. Today? No, nah, he's okay. not today. He's supposed to be next week. No, okay. isn't Kellen Moore today, Bill O'Brien next week? Isn't that how it is? Either way, they're doing two today. Okay. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, that they I would. mean, d- depending, like, if, if you have to travel and kind of leave the team that you're coaching right now, I definitely think that's kind of fishy. Yeah. Um, if it's like a Zoom interview, like, all right, maybe it takes 20 minutes out of your day. I mean, I think that's a lot more feasible. Did somebody say, okay, somebody's saying hack it on the feed. Is hack it today? Maybe that's the case. Um, 
Okay, so a lot of guys, in this situation, I think it's a no-brainer. I think it's Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell. All right, take those guys off the board for a moment. Uh, let's take Bill O'Brien off Kellen the board. Kellen Moore's tonight, virtually. Oh, tonight. It is tonight. Okay. Uh, so two virtual interviews uh, today for those guys, Kellen Moore and Byron Leftwich. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, I just thought uh, Friday's a light night in the NFL anyway. Okay. But I just, you know, you know <laughs> that, right? I mean, that was kind well, of a night... Fast Fridays, we call it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so maybe that's why it fits. I just thought these interviews would come on like a Tuesday. Sure. You know, instead. Yeah. But uh, it shows you how many interviews the Jags are doing. And, and, you know, to do two interviews in a day, I think, is pretty unusual anyway. Um, and maybe these would be a little quicker than the normal ones since they are Zoom. Nobody loves doing that. But uh, <laughs> take away the two guys that, that have really dominated and that I think a lot of people would say, okay, I like that move, and Peterson and Caldwell. Take Bill O'Brien, and many people say, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. uh, take the other guys in the mix, all right? Okay. Who does intrigue you the most? Who does intrigue me the most? Who, who, yeah, who are you like? Okay, I like the fact that they're interviewing Hackett or yeah. Kellen Moore, uh, Todd Bowles interview. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, the, the, like the fact that they're interviewing um, um, Leftwich. Sure. Do any of those guys do anything for you if the situation doesn't work out with Maybe some of the um, favorites to get the job. I would probably say Leftwich, but then, ironically, the other two guys that I would be considering aren't even getting interviewed, and that's Josh McDaniels, <laughs> and that's Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, me too. Those, those would be my other guys that are on the list right now, and we, we've we heard nothing on their front. So out of the, the list that you just named, I would probably say Byron Leftwich then? Yeah, I think so too. I think probably Leftwich or more does it for – Todd Bowles, I'll just be honest, doesn't do much for me. Yeah. I mean, the record's awful in well, New York, and there were circumstances. I get it. And second time around, somebody's going to throw at me Bill Belichick. I get it. Uh, I just, I'm not in love with Bowles. Mostly, I hear, I hear great things about Todd Bowles. I, I, I kind of do want an offensive guy, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, I, I think I'm leading, you know, this organization has done nothing to help Trevor Lawrence this year. Mm -hmm. Do something to help Trevor Lawrence next year. Mm -hmm. And if that includes an offensive-minded coach, I'm cool with that. Uh, Hackett, uh, listen, I don't think Hackett's ready. I don't think Kellen Moore's ready. I think Leftwich is probably the most ready out of those kind of guys mm -hmm. that we're talking about. What could scare you a little bit out of those guys is that they would jump at the opportunity to be a head coach, and they don't mind working with Trent Baalke. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Should that scare us? If they don't mind working with Trent Baalke, absolutely. Well, well yeah, I mean, I, if they're going to have to if they want to get the job. I mean, assuming Trent Baalke's going to stay around. Well, my point being, I think Peterson and Caldwell come into this job, and they get offered and be like, listen, I'll take the job, but I'm not working with Trent Baalke. Mm. Does Leftwich or Bowles or Hackett or those kind of guys have the oomph and the resume and the everything else to say to pick their guy? I mean, so I look at it like this. If you don't get Peterson... And you don't get Caldwell, well, then if you're Shad Khan, you know something's up, right? Because I would think so. Okay, so then if that's the case, and whoever it is, Kellen Moore, whoever the, whoever the, the other left witch comes in and says, hey, I don't go to Trambalki, uh, then I would maybe start listening to him because now we're going down the list. We think of what the, 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 the tiers are, right? Like you missed out on tier one. Now we're in tier two, and those guys are telling you, you know, they don't want to go to Trent Baalke. I would probably listen then if I was shot con. So, yeah, I think they do actually hold some power, even if they're going to be first-time coaches like a guy like Kellen Moore or, or Byron Leftwich. Um, yeah, I think I – th I think – I'm going to say this with Hackett. 
especially. Because I don't think Hackett, if you give me odds, and by the way, I'm a big Nathaniel Hackett fan. Mm-hmm. I think he might be very good. Uh, and I, and I, I've said this before on the show weeks ago, that I think you could make the case he's the best offensive coach this football team has had in over a decade. Interview is next week for Hackett, by the way, during the Packers' bye. Okay, that make, now that makes sense, right? That's a little more common, by the way. Um, the I just don't feel like... I don't see Nate yet. I don't look at him that way as like head coach material yet. I kind of feel the same way about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore, though, I think might have more opportunities down the road. I wonder if Hackett's getting more of this opportunity because of his relationship with the organization. Yeah. I wonder if Shad's taken into effect what he did with Bortles, what he did in the AFC Championship game, and that carries weight, which I could see it influencing the owner. Sure. Right? I mean, that was good stuff at that time. And he's working with... Rodgers, what has he heard and learned from LaFleur, who's 39-9 and nine, as a young coach? Like, I could see the appeal in it. But my, I guess what I do here is I say, if Hack, how many people are going to offer Nathaniel Hackett the job this year or next year? I would say it's minimal. Okay. And so if the Jags were to offer him, I almost would feel like Shad is fitting these pieces together because it's suitable. It's like Nathaniel Hackett might jump at the job, even if it is working with Trent Baalke, because how many opportunities are you going to get to be a head coach in the NFL? Where I think Peterson might have three different offers this year if he doesn't take this one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that's, I think there's more leverage with some of those guys based on resume. Uh, yeah. And I think Hackett might carry the least of the leverage, if you get what I'm saying. Okay, but at the same time, like, I think Kellen Moore, because Kellen Moore's only been a coach for three years. That's true, but he's all. Dallas, man. It's high profile. He's working with Dak in that offense. Don't you think he'll get a job next year? As a head coach? Well, no. Uh, don't you think he'll be in the mix of the conversations? Their offense is going to be pretty good for years to come. Sure. What happens to Hackett next year if he stays in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers isn't there? Yeah, I mean, uh, I get that, but I just think in, in terms of experience, like, I, and I get it. It's always it's the it's the cool thing now to shine the like the young up and coming hot start, but I don't think Kellen Moore is experienced enough. I mean, I think if you've only been coaching in the NFL for three years, you probably have a little more to learn about maybe building a culture and managing a team. And by the way, like, I'm not sure McCarthy's like the greatest culture guy builder. No, of. for sure. And like with Sean McVay, okay, he's young too, but guess what? That dude paid his like dues. I mean, he started out, I think, was it with Washington? And then, no, he was in Tampa with Gruden, then went to Washington, was was an assistant for a while, became offensive coordinator, and then eventually got the job with the Rams. So he kind of paid his dues. He he was young. Yeah, nothing. He's probably heard some things. Oh, I, can you imagine? Washington and Gruden? <laughs> yeah, can Good you imagine? Lord. But with all due respect to Kellen Moore, I just think you, you, you got you to gotta prove it a little longer. I'd say you just brought something up interesting, kind of a sidebar to the story. If uh, How long has McVay been there? I think since 2017, so it's like almost five years now. Mm-hmm. And so if Sean McVay is five years younger and he's around Washington and Gruden and all that, okay. and he's coming out now as like this hot prospect coach, you really have to wonder what the Washington and the Gruden stories and everything else would have done to tarnish his ability to get hired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder, even though he could be this hot shot coach and very good and mm-hmm. all the rest, you wonder because of the stories and the connections mm-hmm. that he was probably fortunate that he got in before all that stuff started to bubble, mm-hmm. right, and, yeah. and came to the surface. Uh, and by the way, McVay's done a, a very good job. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Did you see this news in that the Jaguars are being sued based on the clown movement? They're being sued by the roof company? I thought they just opted out. I know they're getting sued over this now. That's the story. We'll, oh, wow. we'll dive into it Can't a little bit. Can't win them all, man. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> and, and regardless of suing or not, even pulling out or trying to, does that speak volumes? Sure. Of what's potentially going to take place on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Been, been much more these last four weeks, you know, um, particularly with this COVID and stuff. So um, interacting with them daily these last four weeks, just uh, getting on the same page, you know, um, trying to stay on top of the actives, inactives, who's going to be ready to go, um, you know, making a lot of those decisions that way because uh, COVID definitely made that more way more challenging. That's Daryl Bevel. You know, I thought the book that would come out on Minshew and Marone and that stuff that transpired last year would be awesome. Oh, a book that Bevel and Schottenheimer and Cullen and whoever else could pen. Mm. Wow. Mm. I mean, I want to read that thing. Yeah. I just want to jag Twitter 30 for 30 from ESPN. I get it. That's what I want. All right. So here's the deal. Ready? Jaguars are being sued. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, and here's the, like, people look at sued, like, what do you do wrong? Basically, what they're, roofclaim.com yes. doesn't want to be a part of the clown movement. Yes. Now, a couple things here. I, I don't know. I'm sure the Jags else. don't want to be a part of it either. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, so why are they suing? Well, they're suing, I would assume, to get out of their contract. Yes. Right? Uh... I don't know much about roofclaim.com, but I will say this is a pretty good marketing idea to mm-hmm. jump in on the movement and make headlines of your own. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And get well, mentioned, even if you don't think you're going to get out of the contract, but you, it's a pretty good marketing move. Do you remember their introduction, though, to the franchise? I, I where there, there was a big announcement, and then it, it was right. the roof dot. Yeah. And but, then like, but what else did we think might happen well, at people that thought time? we were going to get, like, new, like, canopies or whatever, oh, and yeah, that, that yeah. wasn't the case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought people were a little over the top about Well, sure, that, but, but, because you know. it was roof claim. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I do remember that. Yeah. People were disappointed. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Let's take this. I, I got a statement, by the way, on, from the Jags in a second. Okay. Um, do you think this is a marketing ploy by Roof Claim? Jumping in at to this time? To just get their name out there? Do you think okay. they really want out? Would you want, I mean, do you think there are other businesses that don't want to be a part of this? Like, I don't know. I guess I didn't think, I, I understand. Listen, if I'm the Jags, it's going to be, a, I think it's going to be a very hard day Sunday and into Monday and everything. They might get drowned out a little bit because the playoffs are on the horizon mm-hmm. on Monday, but mm-hmm. I think this is going to make its rounds. Um, and so I think it's a bad day for the organization coming up on Sunday, and, and they've helped create the mess. Uh, I'm not blaming the fans for this, but I didn't really think of it from a sponsor point of view. Like, I don't know if my name's sponsored in there. Am I concerned that I'm going to be tied in? I wouldn't really. Yeah. Uh, like, I could see more like a, and I'm not like trying to get other businesses to do this. Like if I was TIAA Bank, you know, because my name's on the stadium, like maybe, but like I don't even know where Roof Claim is in the stadium. Like I'm not even sure. I'm not familiar it's on, with. It's, it's on like the canopy, like um, kind of by the scoreboard, right? Like the So main, underneath where, the, yeah, yeah. where all the um, cabanas and stuff yes, are? Yes, that's what sure. That's the spot they have? Yeah. Okay. So do you think it's more of a marketing ploy right here that they're playing 48 hours before this is about to happen? Or do you think they really don't want to be associated with the Jags in this <sighs> moment. I mean, I th- <laughs> I think they don't want to be associated with the Jaguars in this moment, honestly. I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, usually, like, if you're a business, you want to tie your product to a successful whatever, 
you know, whether it's uh, a franchise, whether it's a radio show, hey, give us a call, um, whatever. You know, I mean, people want to back a winner. And I think, you know, the win-loss record is one thing. But now when the optics have got to the point where, you know, Sports Illustrated and everybody else is talking about this movement that's going to be seen on Sunday, well, yeah, I think some people might try to jump ship a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I probably would say that, too. I just can't help but think that we're all now talking about roof claim as well, you know, um, in this situation. Here's a statement from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just got this. Uh, it says, we are in receipt of the complaint filed by roof claim. It is baseless and without merit and contradictory to the very terms Roof Claim negotiated in its sponsorship agreement earlier this year. We'll exhaustively protect our interests in this matter at every turn. Counter, Sue, here we go. So the Jacksonville Jaguars just issued a statement. They're not budging. I don't think you'll see the name off Roof Claim. I think Roof Claim's going to be in there on Sunday. You know, so, th- I mean, as I, as I question, and, and this is just a question, just a thought that because it's kind of a new information thing, well, could this be a little bit of a marketing ploy or do they really... Have they tried for the last couple of days and week to call the Jags? Be like, hey, we want, we don't want to be a part of this. They said no, and now they've kind of taken it to a new level, um, and and publicized it. Yeah. And what this would probably mean is, I highly doubt this relationship goes further, probably unless not. they can rectify it. Yeah, I doubt um, it. from a sponsorship standpoint. Yeah. Um, so in that regards, we are available. He's been six not here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Rufus, come on over. The water's fine. But let me. I mean, okay, so. Let, let, let me ask you this, though. This whole movement thing, like, yeah, I, I don't think Shad Khan's really paid too much attention to it, but now it could possibly be affecting his checkbook. Now, like, okay, what, whatever you think about bulky, you know, we can go back and forth all day. I think it affects the stuff on the field, right? I don't think it makes you a Super Bowl contender, whatever the case may be. Shad Khan could feel differently. But we both agree that this roof claim thing, well, now that's affecting your pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And then that's affecting your money. That has to get Shad Khan's attention. Yeah, I would. Listen, the bottom line is Shad has seen a. I don't think Shad needs to get your, you get your attention anymore. I think I got to believe this has the attention to Shad Khan in some respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I continue to feel so bad for a lot of the people in the building that, again, are trying to sell these things. Like, they're not a part of this, how this all kind of manifested itself. Um, Made by Tim, by the way. He does work quick on social media. You see this one? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Nicely done, Made by Tim. (laughs) It's unbelievable. I mean, you got to tell what it is or not? Well, I just added the clown emoji to the eye and roof roof claim. (laughs) Yeah. Fast-witted stuff. You got to like it. Jags Twitter, man. Keeps delivering. I still really haven't wrapped my arms around what to expect on Sunday at the bank. Like, what it's going to actually look like. Like, you can think the worst. I mean, you you can think... I don't know. Like, we're talking about it today, and I just don't... What is the worst? Every single human being? Jonathan Taylor for 270 yards? Nope, that's not the worst. That's history. Well, the worst would be 40,000 fans dressed up as clowns. I think you're going to see... Yeah. Hundreds of fans maybe dressed up as clowns sporadically about, and then a lot of noses oh, that no. would represent the, the clown. Yeah. But that's a little different than thousands and thousands and thousands of fans dressed up as clowns. Yeah. I would think the worst, so then you're not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm expecting chaos, yeah, I'm man. I'm not sure what side of that is disappointing I'm expecting chaos. Hey, I'm just... I heard there's NFTs if you go to the game, though. Really? 
according to Jags, the actual Jags Twitter, yes. Wow. If, you buy a ticket, if you buy a ticket from Ticketmaster, okay. the ticket becomes an NFT, which, granted, is stupid. But what if he runs for 270 yards, gets to 2,000? Think about how valuable that NFT so, like, is. So the ticket stuff. Oh, like the, the, the ticket. The ticket stub will turn into an NFT if you buy via Ticketmaster. So low-key, I might buy a ticket in case he runs for 270, gets 2K, yeah, wins the MVP. He's big in memorabilia game. Okay, but can I just buy a ticket? Take a ticket, put it on eBay regardless? No, there's no but actual You don't get tickets. the actual tickets anymore, you know? Oh. It's electronic. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. But you can I always go back. Like, they always offer you the ticket later, I think. Or not always, okay. but sometimes yeah. the, the hard But this one, they're okay. NFTing. I don't know why. But, okay. like, low-key, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Will it have a clown emoji on it? Probably not. You aren't helping, huh? <laughs> you're, you, you aren't helping the situation. But everybody was thinking. Oh, I know, but you're not helping it either. We'll be back on ESPN <laughs> 698. Are you breaking out like bongos? Oh, dude, check this out. I got a bongo drum. What is going we're, on we're here? We're about to get really weird in here. All right, we'll be back on ESPN 690.